Hello and welcome to Talking Tyranids with Chris and Mark. I'm Chris and joining me as always is my co-host Mark. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Well, uh, we were just discussing before we came on air. I'm not, not amazing because I have uh, the dreaded COVID hmm. um, that we've all been... Yeah all been desperately trying to avoid that i've avoided for so long that i had actually started to convince myself i was never going to get it <laughs> um which is obviously a little foolhardy but i have my i have my new codex in hand mm-hmm. uh, it was delivered to me um two days early i think yeah three days early lucky when did I get duck it? was it i can't remember i did text you i think it was a wednesday or a thursday i got it i, th- I, think, I think it was, it was thursday. wednesday maybe thursday I was yeah, I was, no, it was very Thursday, it was Thursday. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was a very it was a lovely little picture you sent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got super excited. I pre ordered that in the Parasite of Mortrex and they did say to me they might come early, wink. Um, <laughs> and I think I think the thing is with smaller licensed game stores, I think they can kinda get away with giving you stuff early. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I'm calling them a smaller licensed game store and not mentioning them by name because I think part of the reason they can do it is it doesn't get publicized too much. Yeah. Because I imagine Games Workshop would probably be a bit narked if they knew that they were giving out this stuff too early. Um, so, yeah, so very happy with that. Um, yeah. So today we are going to discuss, uh, I think first and foremost, just some of our first impressions um, mm-hmm. and, and how we're feeling about the codex in general and then uh, to sort of frame our discussions moving forward I think we'll probably do this for everything but we've got a sort of uh, three best three worst kind of um, list uh, for units in the codex yeah um, and then I think we'll probably we'll probably kind of look at best and worst in the next few episodes for stratagems and uh yeah. hive tendrils so um, much so like much that. to enjoy and there is enjoy. there is so um overall first impressions um do you like it you happy what do you think what's your thinking yes so um i i wasn't as lucky as you um yours came along i um w- was looking over the internet um, at the leaked copy, which may or may not have been the actual leaked copy, it was surprise, surprise. Um, so I've kind of been looking a little bit before. We said in the last episode that you were ho- tro- kind of wanting to keep that kind of cr- childlike Christmas feel, where it's like you don't want it all ruined at once. Mm-hmm. You want to open the book, have that new book smell, and just read and read and read, and then read some more, and just really enjoy having something that is authentically tyrannid um and that's what i think this codex is i think it, it, it they've they're doing incredibly well with the codexes um it, it feels like tyrannids you have rules in there where you you can adapt uh, not just in the thematic um tendrils but also as soon as you put your models on the board and you know who you're going against you have the opportunity to adapt a little bit more and take and choose different rule sets within the codex which definitely is is very very clever and and very very good and right now as it stands i'll just point this out at the beginning of this episode <laughs> with the changes to the, <laughs> the 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 latest balance data sheets which which came out um a month early i believe yeah. um it, it it's kind of like tunits have missed that balance data sheet mostly because the indirect firing is still affected 
Um, but it means those bigger armies had a slight bring, like bringing down, tailoring down, that kind of thing. And Tyranids haven't been touched. So yeah, for the next, of, we're kind of coming out fresh. So for the next quarter of the year, at least, we hope we're going to be fine. Um, we're probably going. I mean, there has been some grand tournaments that have happened where Tyranids have won, basically. Surprise, surprise, the new codex yeah. uh, and the power creep. And then obviously Games Workshop will address that when they can. Um, but in terms of a codex, I think it's incredibly strong in all phases of play mm-hmm. um, and very flavorful and something I do appreciate, but a lot of people will, are a bit salty that aren't Tyranid players, is I think pretty much 99% of the book is viable in terms That's of the units. Thing. That's the like, thing. You could so, have so many different lists. Yeah, so um, I mean, my, my first impressions are much the same. Uh, I think I feel like there's a very strong internal balance. Um, I always felt like the 8th edition codex was like, let's take the old one, which was actually our 6th edition codex, and <laughs> yes. translate it. So what does this mean now? I guess that would be a mortal wound. Okay, let's do that. What would this be now? Okay, you know, take the wounds, times them by 3, and you're done. Uh, take the attacks, times those by 2, and you're done. Um, except for the Hive Tyrant. But um, it was, it was a decently strong. I mean, by the end, it was like a Frankenstein's monster, which was being held up by Blood of Baal and Warzone Octarius and the Crusher Stampede and everything yeah. else underneath it. But you know what? Like, I salute the Eighth Edition Codex because it did a bloody good job at getting us over the finish line. Mm. <laughs> and I think, mm. considering how long ago it was released, I mean, five years, six years maybe ago. That it was released it's it really held up but this one is like okay start again from the top you know there are some similarities but everything has been rebuilt everything has been rebalanced mm. and so like we said before anything that was a crutch before that was taken away you know don't just look at it as oh we've lost that or you know oh we're gaining this it's You've got to wait to see the whole thing. You've got to wait to look at the internal balance of it. So yeah. within the current codex, it makes a huge amount of sense to me for gene stealers to have taken that step back and to be an elite choice who, you know, you're infiltrating and you're being sneaky with and they're going to be like a sort of shock troop who's going mm-hmm. to do a huge amount of damage if you use them yeah. right. And if you use them wrong, they're not going to do anything, which is what they always were and kind of always should be, uh, because they're a glass cannon. I think, you know, any anyone that's kind of sat there and was like, oh, I always ran like three lots of twenty gene stealers and a swarm lord. Yeah, you know, times times change. Move on. It would be boring, honestly, to me. It would be really boring to open it up and be like, oh, good, I can run the same list I ran before. Yeah. No need to change. Then might as well not bother the book. Like I'm, yeah. There's there's lots of there's lots of new stuff. There's lots of combos I'm very excited about. I think even um, the first time I was reading it, I was like, "Am I seriously considering running a combo around uh, leadership and combat attrition?" Yes, I am. <laughs> it's like because there's a if you I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but just one combo that sort of popped out at me was. Um, so the horror is now minus two to a leadership 
other unit and minus one on their combat attrition tests. Um, and there's a lash whip related um, stratagem which if basically if you're in base contact with a unit or an engagement range of a unit you have a lash whip and you play the stratagem they have minus two to their leadership and minus one to combat attrition tests and it doesn't say that they don't stack so therefore those two things give them minus four and minus two respectively um so <laughs> so even adeptus custodes have a chance of failing <laughs> exactly <Even things> who <laughs> were pretty much leadership 11 exactly um, things that have ridiculous leadership <clears throat> can still fill their leadership but you know you'd be looking at i don't know off the top of my head let's say a unit of cultists i don't know what leadership they're starting on but i don't know i'd assume seven or eight maybe seven um depending so let's say it's seven and i've whacked that down by five so they're not going to pass that leadership test unless they're very very lucky um and then the combat attrition tests you know instead of it being every six it'll be now like four ups mm. run so about half of that unit will die just yeah. because of a combat attrition <laughs> test so you could send in three warriors with lash whips and bone swords and potentially just wipe half the unit out just on their morale phase yeah um, now i'm not saying that that's like <laughs> watch out for that in the meta i'm just mm. saying you know straight away you start to see oh there's there's these these connections there's these nice synergies uh, there's lots of lovely synergies yeah i i saw one which is absolutely crazy i can't i'm not going to name um the stratagems which they are because i can't remember um but i saw one that popped up which was you take um two detachments so you can have two hive tyrants and then you have um, one of them with wings. Uh, or it might be both with wings. And you have Tyrant Guard. And you start the turn with um, one of your Tyrant your tyrant Guard behind a building and stuff. And your Hive Tyrant there. And then you move your Hive Tyrant forward. And bring your other Hive Tyrant in. So say it's turn two. So you've got two Hive Tyrants on the board. Um, and then they do what they need to do um, whether that's going into combat and destroying a unit or shooting or whatever and then what you do you play um, a stratagem which I believe says uh, if the mo you, the model has fly and hasn't come in from reserve you can immediately put it into reserve like back in the air so yeah. you do that with the hive turret that was already on the board and then there's another stratagem which set, uh, basically I think it happens at the end of your turn and it, it says you pay this, these are both two command points and you can make a normal move or if you kill a unit, sorry, um, in combat instead of making a consolidation move you can make a normal move. So then yeah. what you do with that winged dive tyrant is then move it back to where those tyrant guard were. So then you now have your winged hive tyrants doing what you need them to do and then they can't be touched at the end of your turn for four command points now that you're gonna you're gonna probably only be able to do that for two turns um but that is crazy these are just some of the weird combo-y things that it's a good, you can it's a good do. sneaky little maneuver that one i like that. it is but i still i think this codex is very strong but i don't i was discussing with um uh, I played a game this week, and uh, don't hate me, but I played Tau uh, <laughs> with my Tau, and um, I wanted to get a feel of how Tau was. He brought a Storm Surge and his like 
a mech list and I brought a Farsight Enclave with a mixture of infantry and heavy weapons and stuff just to get a feel for like how Tau are and we both agreed Tau are incredibly strong. Um, and then I talked to him a little bit about Harlequins, um, especially the, the, the light Harlequins where you're basically hitting them on fours and you can't do any better than that. And then they've also got a four-up invulnerable save, and they're quite fast and stuff like that. So I don't think we're that level where you're sneaky, sneaky like the Harlequins, which are incredibly strong right now. Um, but I do think we're going to be top, top tier, top three, maybe even at the moment as it stands. I think it's an incredibly strong codex, which is good for us because. We deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. I think it's, to me, reading through it, I'm like, that's good. That's good. That's really good. Um, I'm obviously seeing a huge amount of benefits and, you know, getting excited. Mm. But at the same time, I do I do think they've done a few things that I think balance things up relatively well. Um, and, yeah, you know, it gives, it gives you a lot to think about. Mm. So um, what I think we should do, um, obviously there'll be lots lots more time for us to talk more about the codex in, in future episodes as well uh, but I think we should get into sort of our, our top three bottom three mm-hmm. um, and what I want to say and I'm sure you'd echo the sentiment is to me so um, I think I really struggled to find a bottom three okay, or a sort of a three worst and it's just because I, I think it is that strong I think it's that good a, a codex okay okay um and so what I urge anyone listening to, to heed is that don't don't hear what I'm not saying. I am not saying that any of these, you know, when I'm talking about the bottom three, I'm not saying any of them are not good. I'm not even saying they're not competitive. Um, I think everything's got a place currently. You know, as time goes on, stuff will fall by the wayside. And stuff that is currently quite strong will not seem as strong in the future, etc., etc., etc. But I think everything has has a place and a use, and you know, I I can't I can't quite see in my mind's eye what the truly competitive build will be yet. Um, but again, with there being so many potential combos, I don't think there's anything I could point to and go, "That is useless." I'm not taking it. Um, <laughs> so how I've how I've done this is I've kind of come at it from the perspective of what are the units that I'm most excited to field and what are the units that I'm least excited to field and that's how I've kind of measured it Um, with that being said would you like to start us off with your first of your top tier so we'll start positive okay yeah well as as a preface again I think 99% of things in this code got better including monsters psychic and everything like that but um I'm going to go out with some of the standout things. Um, so, I'm going to go with Zone Tropes. Mm-hmm. So, I have always used Zone Tropes, and um, I've always, as we've said before, I've loved ever since like the Doom of Malantai oh. um, and everything like that. What a great idea for a, a law and everything like that. But, Zone Tropes. So, <laughs> Yes, they're invulnerable, changed from a 3-up to a 4-up, but their toughness is 5. Um, 4 wounds, yes, they've got 2 attacks, but they don't really do anything with that. 
Um, what they do do is um, each time the unit attempts to manifest smite or a witchfire psychic power, add one to the psychic test for each model in that unit. And then each time this unit manifests the smite psychic power, add one to the number of mortal wounds suffered by the enemy to a maximum of plus three mortal wounds. So with a, just a unit of three, your so you add one to the psychic test for each model in that unit. If you've got three of your zone throws there, you're adding three to your psychic test, um, which is the bare minimum. I'm probably going to take them in units of three. I'm not going to do what I've seen where you've got six. more. <laughs> yeah, six. Um, but that's making you, you, you're guaranteeing yourself basically a super smite, which is a D6. And then you're plusing three maximum of three to that, which is incredible. Not to mention they've got the shadow in the warp ability for opponent psychers. Um <clears throat> And you've got the opportunity to unlock Neurothropes. And they're a Synapse creature as well. Um, which, obviously, Synapse has changed a little bit. So it's now within six inches. But if you were to take Leviathan, and which is you're super happy about, obviously. Um, and I might, every now and again, um, do that. Uh, Leviathan has uh, some pretty strong things and basically there's a little bit of, of transhumaning um, <laughs> on them yeah. when it's a synapse unit which your zone tropes are now three zone tropes cost 150 points so you've got 150 points of a psychic unit which has synapse which is changed slightly um, which can act as a linchpin for other abilities and stuff um, but they've now got transhuman if you're doing leviathan you are pretty much going to pass to smite with your plussing and your plussing mortal wounds on top of that so and a four up invulnerable save is still good you're you're a great unit <laughs> for psychic attack which again if it's mm -hmm. tau they've got no defense against which means we've got something to go against that kind of army um, immortal wound output the only real things I think Adeptus Custodes and armies like Black Templars where you get invulnerables against or a 5 up save basically against stuff like that is, is, is kind of it but zone traps for me have got a lot better and they're only 150 points for a unit of 3 which is very good so that would be my first standout from the, the codex and I have three of them so that's good for me <laughs> yeah no yeah. I think they're um, I, I think they're definitely they, they weren't one of my picks um, but it was hard to choose oh, um, but so they, I could, yeah they were so very, many. they're very good I agree with them much as it pains me I do agree with them coming down from the three up to the four up um, one of one of the things they seem to have been trying to do since eight kind of throughout the rule book when they wrote that rule mm. book you know they said there's no you know no longer a maximum of 10 on any given stat things like that and things all got a bit wild and crazy and it was like the last days of rome for a while and then they've been trying to pull a little bit of that back um so one thing was when ninth came in um 
there was like a new sort of theoretical minimum on points values. So your absolute cheapest units were now five points per model. Um, and our cheapest units are now seven points per model, I think. Um, so there's bits like that. And I think the other thing they're slowly but surely trying to weed out is very high invulnerable saves. Um, yeah. So and Swarmlord lost his three up and the yeah, and, and lost their three up. With the most recent uh, balance sheet as well, which also is a bit buff for Zone Frips, um, Power Armor got a big old boost um, you minus one to the AP of an attack coming at you um, which is a great buff um, and there was something else I think happened with the power armor which made it really really good but it just basically means you you're acting basically like you've got a two up armor save now zone ropes are hitting you on mortal wounds not an attack with an AP characteristic so Yes, all you Space Marine players with your buffed power armor, which goes on like Contemplative Dreadnoughts and stuff, and I believe loads of other things as well. That's fine, but you're still going to be hitting by my zone tropes. So yeah, my um, zone tropes are still going to wipe the floor with you. Yeah, I mean, which again, I think... I, that's why I'm going to take th only 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 three. I'm 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 I I don't have it in me to like go, oh here is a unit of six or here are three units of da da da. No, well, I want I think, I, I, yeah. It'd be boring otherwise if I did that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I mean, my my philosophy. We'll talk about this later because um, we're going to talk a little bit about list building. But one of my philosophies, I try never to play the same list twice, and every now and again I might come up with a sort of themed list um and i could definitely see uh, mortal wound spam being a thing uh and with that in mind i'd like to get to my first pick for one of our top three um so one of the things i'm just absolutely the most excited about fielding is the maliceptor um so to me i've kind of watched i feel like i've watched it grow up <laughs> because when as exciting as it was when they gave us the Maliceptor and the Toxicrine like dual build kit, out of nowhere, in the middle of seventh, here have two brand new monsters that aren't even in your codex. I was hugely underwhelmed by them, uh, in terms of their <laughs> gameplay, because I was like, I, I struggled to see the point in them, and yep. they both had characterful and interesting, but not necessarily devastatingly useful rules, which again translated into the eighth codex where they were both kind of meh basically um i i found them i found them difficult to utilize well and yeah blood of baal gave us some useful boosts <coughs> for the uh for the male scepter and then again a few things came up by the time the crusher stampede came along and by the time that the uh the leviathan codex uh supplement came but now seeing it in the codex full i'm like ah it's arrived um so basically you know speaking of mortal wound spam this is the king yeah. of spamming mortal wounds yeah so effectively any successful psychic powers you pull off um if you get over seven for your uh psychic test which again is about average so you'd expect it at least 50% of the time 
Um, if you're getting over seven, which can be boosted by none other than zoanthropes, if you're in the mood. Um, uh, or is it zoanthropes now, or someone else? It might be someone else. There's a way of boosting your uh, casting ability, I believe. Anyhow, um, anytime you get over seven, he does his psychic diffusion thing which at full strength will just give three mortal wounds to i think it's the nearest unit within 12 um it may be 18 definitely it's 12 yep yeah 12 um so let's say you throw out a smite <laughs> and that's d3 mortals uh and then that's followed by another three mortals because of your diffusion uh and then let's say you throw out this new one the parasitic infection one that's basically roll a d6 for everything in the unit and for every six you get it's mortal up to six um throw that out on a unit you're maybe going to get let's say three or four more mortals depending on how big the unit is and then you're going to have your diffusion again and that's another three mortals <laughs> mm -hmm. um so depending on the unit in front of you you could be throwing out uh, anywhere from nine to like sixteen <laughs> mortal wounds, um, and it doesn't. There's nothing currently capping how many times it can happen. Um, so, yeah, I think it's quite. Um, I think that's quite exciting, um, and obviously, it's also got a psychic action, which lets you buff everything around you in terms of. I think incoming attacks lose strength. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, this this is a bad boy. When yeah, when 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 that when the top screen came out, I did buy two, um, and I got I made one of each, and I played them once, and then they've been in the, my box ever since. Now, and I've had a look at a few lists that I've been building. I I'm quite tempted to give this a go now. Um, again, zone for in this on the table. Not many people want to play with me anymore. Um, <laughs> the only thing is when it degrades, um, it, it, its mortal wound output goes down by one every time it goes down in, in as a time as it degrades. But with a toughness eight, 15 wounds, three up armor saves, and a four up invulnerable save, <laughs> it's not going to be losing many wounds, um, yeah. really. So, yeah, I I didn't add that on, but um, I'm glad you did, because that is very, very good. Um, and, yeah, it's, again, you're dominating the psychic phase with just the two units we've said already. <laughs> yeah. Which is incredible. Excellent. All right, give us your next pick, then. So, yes, my next pick... Um, Oh, I just love Tyranids. Um, I'm going to go with Carnifexes. So Old Reliable. I love Carnifexes. I love Old One-Eye. I, I always used to run three with Brain Leech Devourer Worms back in the day. Um, and then Munch, Nom Nom Nom. Now, I like all three variants that you can use. Um... And, and there are three variants in it. There is the normal Carnifexes, where you can have them in units of three, um, I believe. And they come with uh, two Carnifex Siphoning Talons, 
which is strength user, which is strength 6, uh, minus 3 AP, 3 damage, and each time the bearer fights, it makes one additional attack with this weapon. So it's got and, two of those each. Yeah, and can I can I note, so I thought when I first read the codex, the first few times I read it, I thought maybe I was looking at a typo, but it's definitely not. So it's an extra attack per scything talon, mm -hmm. and they always come in at least two. <laughs> so... The Carnifex, if he has his two sets of Scything Talons, has four extra attacks, uh, mm -hmm. which is... So he starts with four, plus four, <laughs> is, yeah, eight. And then um, each time this model fights, if it made a charge move or performed a heroic intervention, then until that fight is resolved, add one to the attack characteristics of this model. So actually, we're now up to ten attacks because he's now five attacks base, and then each one of those attacks is an additional attack, because they're talents. So you've got <laughs> ten. Um, it also subtracts one from the damage it takes, like a Dreadnought does. It's toughness seven, nine wounds, two up armor save. It moves eight inches, um, but that's... You're then going to... Um, Respectful. You're then going to um, advance it, because it doesn't have any shooting attacks, so you're going to advance it. Then obviously um, Onslaught can then means you can do stuff after that. Um, if you're playing... Oh, I hate myself. Kraken. You're yep. going to be going 3 inches plus D3 for their specific rules. So so there are different combos to get it up the field quite quickly. Or you could put them in a Tyrannocyte um, and they're there, which is really really good that's just the basic carn effects now uh, you've got screamer killers mm -hmm. um, which classic. harkens back to the clear yeah, classic time um, now that's a two up armor save toughness seven wounds of nine um, again each time it fights you add one to the attack characteristic again and you subtract damage um, and then each time this model destroys a model an enemy model um, you, sorry, a model in an enemy unit until the end of that turn subtract one from the leadership characteristic of the models in that enemy unit to a maximum of minus four. Now, if you combine that with what you said earlier... <laughs> That's a <you>, minus eight. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's, again, this one is ten attacks. So, you add one to the attack characteristics of this one, that's 11 attacks. Now, it's that's at strength 6. There's no... Well, there is. There's, there's minus 3 and 3 damage apiece. And then you've got a bioplasmic scream, which is 18-inch, D6 shots, strength 8, minus 4, 1 damage blast. Um, so if you've got 3 of those in an army list, that's 3D6, strength 8, minus 4, 1 damage. Um, yes, it's on a 4 plus to hit, but even if you put that in a tendrils of Kronos, which adds 4 inches, I believe, to the range attack of guns, you've got a, a model that can move 10 inches, not 8 like the normal kind of X, and a range of 18 plus 4. Um, so you're moving up the field, although you might, may not be advancing, you are moving up the field 2 inches more, and you're shooting... And you've still got a great combat ability. Um, and then the final one, which is, again, the Stone Crusher Carn effects. 
um, which just sounds really cool. Um, that only has a 7-inch move and a 3-up save. Wounds of 8, toughness 7. But you can do a few different weapon options, which um, you have a bio flail where you make two hit rolls for each attack, um, which is a strength 8 minus 1, 2 damage. This only has base of four attacks by the way um you've got his wrecker claws which if the bear is equipped with two of those each time an attack is made with this weapon you can re-roll the hit roll each time an attack made with this weapon is allocated to a vehicle or a monster the attack has a damage characteristic of five this is a times two minus three and now five so essentially you're going to have four attacks which if they all hit at strength 14, minus three, and five damage apiece. Um, each time this model makes a charge move as well, um, you roll a d6 and on a four plus, the unit suffers d3 mortal wounds. If it is a vehicle or a monster, it suffers d6 mortal wounds. So, and again, it says each time the model makes a melee attack, if it has charged, you add one to the attack hit roll, which is pretty standard for all the kind of range. So this one is a nuclear warhead to vehicles. So if you're you're coming up against oh I don't know like Imperial Knights maybe that might be getting a codex pretty soon. Well they are, it's been announced. Um or a mechanized list. This bad boy goes in, it's munching vehicles on its own. Or do you want the old school Screamer Killers where you do the best of both worlds? Or your bog standard Carnifex is cheap and cheerful, but they're going to do some damage and stuff like that. So Carnifexes have flavour. Bring old One-Eye as well. You you can have some fun <laughs> with having a Carnifex list, which is not something you would have really have seen before. And that's another reason why I think that they stand out to me. Because someone out there has at least 10 Carnifexes, and I would love to see them <laughs> be on the table and be like, yep, here we go. Well, there was, um, now you mention it, back in 2019, I want to say, uh, the, I think it was the last Las Vegas Open before COVID. So I think that was the one where the, what are they called, Iron... Iron Hands, Iron Warriors. What's the the whichever it is, the Space Marine one, where they had some ridiculous <clears throat> set of rules that meant you could fire uh, ninety last cannons at them and not, Iron, not wound. Uh, oh, everyone's gonna scream. I think Iron Hands are the Space Marines. Yeah, I think it was them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think Iron Warriors are the uh, Heretic Starties ones. Anyhow, at that particular open. <clears throat> It was very. It was a very weak time for Tyranids, and we didn't get top table. Uh, I think basically at all. Mm. But the guy that got the highest um, ran like a nine Carnifex uh, heavy. It was a heavy Venom cannon spam with nine Carnifexes, mm -hmm. um, which would be way more effective now than it was then. <laughs> um, to be honest, uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I loved your choice, and you didn't didn't mention but i think it's important to mention uh one of my wishes came true which was that carnifex has got core uh so they've got the core keyword so all of the buffs um basically every hq unit <clears throat> can give a buff uh, and that buff can be given to anyone on the board that's within synaptic 
uh, link range, which, if you play your cards right, can be basically anyone you've got on the board. Um, so Carnifexes can have um, pluses. I can't remember all the buffs that can be given, but re-rolls of uh, hit rolls and wound rolls are definitely in there uh, of ones. Uh, I think you can add... Think you can add to their movement as well mm. with trigons there's all sorts of stuff the point is uh carnifex is i think i think they've had a bit of an identity crisis over the last few years because when we released a bunch of bigger monster models it was hard to justify saying oh yeah the carnifex is strength 10 mm. and these guys are strength six so that doesn't make sense because look at the size of them so it you know, for a little while, it was like, it's the little monstrous creature. You can take tons of them, and they're not as good, but you can take lots of them, so that's okay. Yeah. And then that wasn't really cutting anyone's cheese. So uh, <laughs> this 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 is, I think, I think where they need to be. So they're the most versatile monster. They're the only ones... Um, so it, I didn't realize this till I cracked open the book, but uh, the old Daka tyrant is gone. You can't take brain leech worms or... Yes death spitters on hive tyrants anymore so the only monster that can take the brain leech worms is the carnifex so deck effects are still an option i think quite a good one um sniper effects are still an option close combat carnifex are definitely still an option um i think my only beef is that you still can't buff them as a unit um, so the the only problem is if you're thinking I've got three of them, you know you can't necessarily get them all up the board at the same pace. Um, and if you're giving a buff, you can only give it to one of them. Um, it's not yeah. as much of an issue because I think they're powerful enough now that I don't need to take them in threes. But I think it's the only thing that I think would have been a bit of a cherry on the <clears throat> cherry on top. Yeah, and we just to just to just a little note as we've been chatting, I I've just had a look at old one eye as well, because he's technically a Garnifex. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the reasons I chose Tyranids back in the day, old one eye. Um now old one eye, toughness seven, hits on twos, nine wounds, two up armor save, again, minusing one damage to him. Um and then if he charges, it's D3 plus uh, charge. Add D3 plus one to the attacks characteristic of this model, not just one. Um, improve the armor penetration characteristic attack by one of all weapons you do. When the model is destroyed, obviously it goes rah. Um, in your command phase, though, it regains D3 lost wounds as well. And obviously his weapons are basically nom nom nomming anything it goes against um as well so i would again i would love to see more con effects on the board and i think it's going to happen so that'll be exciting um but yeah so that's my love of con effects and i will um hand over to you now <laughs> so um I feel like mine's kind of a boring choice, but again, oh. <laughs> if I'm looking at, am I really excited to field this? Yes, I am. Then I have to go with the Hive Tyrant, um, but specifically, uh, the Walking Hive Tyrant um, is is mm-hmm. is making a comeback. So I was I was looking at it and I was thinking, you know, um, I think I talked about this before, so I won't labour the point. But you used to have a choice of 
giving tyrants wings or giving them a two-up armor save or doing neither of those if you were a noob but you you anyone legitimately taking them back in the day would do one or the other and it used to be a real decision for me like you know more resilient but a bit slower and i basically came to the conclusion that if i was running a daca tyrant i wanted them on wings and if i was running a close combat tyrant i wanted them on foot and they would just sort of menacingly march towards my opponent (laughs) and i would have to wait like three turns to get them into combat when they did they were unstoppable and yeah i'm kind of picturing that again really so obviously they're a bit faster moving these days at nine inches um but yes the walking tyrant is toughness eight and two up armor save with its classic four up invuln um and what I'm quite excited about is is just how much stronger they are in close combat now. They're a bit more focused, really. Um, you know, it used to be that they were just kind of carnifexes that could do psycho powers. Um, but now, you know, you've basically got two melee options, two shooting options, both of which being the heavy cannons. First of all, the heavy venom cannon is insane now. It's strength 9, AP minus 3, heavy 3, and damage of 4, like a flat 4. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a relic that gives you strength 12 ap minus four damage five um and it turns it into an assault weapon as well which i think is just, True. just very fun very fun to me um but yeah you know again i'm thinking hive tyrant i'm kind of lumping in the tyrant guard with this because they have also become orders of magnitude more useful than they were before um, and I see them as kind of a package deal. I'm very unlikely to take a Swarm Lord or a Hive Tyrant that doesn't have Tyrant Guard nearby. Um, small small uh, thing that's come out with the balanced data slate that does impact us is, it said before, Hive Tyrants cannot be targeted if they're within uh, however many inches of Tyrant Guard. That's now reverted to, say, Hive Tyrants get Lookout Sir, even though they've got... Um, more than nine wounds uh so the idea is basically that sniper units aren't entirely useless now um and so they can still be they can still be sniped but um (laughs) i'm not i'm not too bummed out about that because they're so much more resilient now um even though they are still only 12 wounds so they're sort of a little vulnerable in that sense if the if the really high strength weaponry Mm. or high damage gets through but yeah i mean i'm looking at things like five attacks plus an extra two for the monstrous scything talons if i bring the monstrous bone sword like flat three damage strength 10 um and obviously you can take the relic as well where the monstrous bone sword can ignore invulnerable saves um and then there's not many things that are going to be able to stand up to your hive tyrant if it can get there um to be honest with strength you know five strength 10 AP minus four, ignoring invulnerable saves, damage three, attacks, mm-hmm. hitting on twos as well, um, and they only, I think their movement degrades and their ballistic skill and weapon skill degrade, but I think everything else basically stays the same. Um, so, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of the new Hive Tyrant. It's not, it's it's definitely an evolution instead of a revolution. Like it's not hugely different. It's just. It's just like this is what it should be. This is what it should have been. It's, it's a very, it's it's the core of my army. I don't think I'll often want to go without a hive tyrant of some descript. Um, 
and I can see why they've limited it to one per uh, hive tendril. Um, and I like that as well because I think, you know, they released all these different kinds of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Detachment. All these different kinds of detachment, and then people just use them to farm CP, and then they said, okay, don't do that anymore. They they don't give you CP. And then everyone was like, okay, well, I just won't use them then. I'll just use battalions. Um, and that was it, really. So it's it's good to see you have a reason to take, uh, you know, detachments within your Hive Tendril. Um, so, yeah, that's my pick, the Hive Tyrant. Love him. <laughs> I agree. I, I absolutely agree with every part. And for the first time ever, and it, it pains me because I've got... Between three to five thousand points of Tyranids, I don't have a walking hive tyrant. I will be buying one, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the thing, Games Workshop. You've done really well because even though I've got that many models, you've given me a reason to buy more. Um, well done. <laughs> um, my final pick, um, quite a simple one. It's a troops choice. Um, it's the Warriors. Oh, you got to pick the Warriors. They're so good. They're so good. So, basic is 25 points. You come with dual bone swords, lash whip and bone sword, two rending claws, two saving talons. And then you start with a devourer, but again, you can go to a death spitter, which is what I think I would prefer to do. Um, and if you've got the points, I would probably put one of them with a venom cannon, um, just to have that. D3, 36 inch, strength 8, minus 3, 2 damage, because you you can then pip certain things as you're moving up the board, um, and people are going to forget about those warrior units when they've got big bugs coming at them. Um, So, don't forget just how good for 5 points a Venom Cannon can be. Um, And it's an assault, so you can even advance and you'd be minus one and but that'd be fine because you're hitting on threes anyway um tyranid warriors i think i've got a hell of a lot better um and then if you combo that with a tyranid prime which is what i'm probably going to do their, their strength toughness five three wounds four up save um i mean again it depends how you want to get them out if you do the lash whip option you're re-rolling a hit roll of a one um They've got Shadow in the Warp, so again, if you're going up against Psychic Armies, good luck <laughs> for them. <laughs> um, they're Synapse, so again, Leviathan, they've got Transhuman on them. Um, if you're... It's... Uh, they, they must be core. They have to be core. They yeah, are, yeah, they're, they're core. core. Yeah. Um, as well, so a lot of... I've seen a lot of lists with six to nine warriors and I've a lot of lists of two or three units of three of them because again they are toughness five they're leviathan the majority of lists I'm seeing so transhuman and they're just moving on to that objective over there moving on to that objective over there because 40k is an objective game mostly I mean I've bought the the temp I think is it called the tempest of war the, the latest yeah. thing I'm thrilled because I played a game this week and it felt like the old um, Maelstrom of War 
and it's like, oh, I've drawn this card. Oh, um, I have to do overwhelming firepower. I've done this card. Oh, I have to get uh, an objective in no man's land. And these are worth five points. And your primary is only worth four. So you, so you have to actually play the game in a way that isn't just the old way of playing and stuff. So again, warriors are great at doing that. They can hold objectives. They can punch a little bit as well that they've each got three attacks and again bone swords which i just love are plus two minus uh minus two ap and two damage and again death spitters assault three strength five ap2 one damage they're 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 good and each one i believe is 25 points which means yeah, you're basic cheap i i can see them getting a massive points hike in the future so your basic unit is 75 points for three um yes there's things again like i could have talked about and i don't know if you're going to talk about the harpy uh no although it's definitely an honorable mention because the harpy is good it is so good and i mean the harpy right now is 165 points two heavy cannons and does terrible things to your opponent um <laughs> there are a few things that are definitely gonna have a point points increase or something or a rules tweaking but for now warriors are an incredible troops unit we've talked about it before where you used to have in in previous editions if your the strength of the weapon was double your um, toughness, you would be instant killed if you failed a save. So you had warriors that were just going pop, 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 pop. Now they're not going pop, they're sticking around, and because everything else in the codex got really, really good, they're not going to be your, your opponent's immediate go to for shots and stuff. So don't forget about these warriors when everything else is distracting your opponent, get those objectives. <laughs> <laughs> No, they're, they, they are delightful. The warriors are so good. And as well, they've got the synaptic imperative uh, of basically exploding sixes in melee, yeah. which obviously goes to everyone that's in synaptic link range uh, for a whole turn. So they're hugely versatile. Um, I can't get enough of them. I love them being strength and toughness five. Um, and I think as well, you could build them in such a way... As obviously said, you to me their best is all rounders, a little bit of shooting, a little bit of melee. Mm -hmm. um, I like them with death spitters and lash whips and bone swords. That's how I've always run them, and it just so happens that that I'm not saying it's the best way to run them, but I think it's pretty. <laughs> but good. it's the best way to run them. <laughs> well, there's well, there's also there's now to my mind a reason. Like to me, it was like if I'm taking devourers, it's because I want to pay less points than death spitters. Whereas now. They're the same points, but the Devourers have the advantage of having more shots. So if I've got nine Warriors, which I know is big, but that's that's mm. as big a unit as you can get, um, that's 45 shots. So that's, you know, that's more than, more than our friends, the Humble Termagant, is generally throwing out these days. So volume of fire you can, you can achieve with relatively few Warriors, which is very good. Um, but you can also give them. So I was just I was just tinkering the other day and having a think. So if you give them two sets of scything talons, uh, which you can, then they've got seven attacks each, which is 
again, <laughs> it's just a massive volume of attacks for what is quite an elite unit. Um, so their versatility is 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 massive. Um, <laughs> so, so what we're saying is, unfortunately, everything's good. So um, you're going to have a hard time making a list. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I on our first podcast or our second podcast or our third. I can't remember. I think it was our third, actually. I, I think I talked about magnets and how I've had a lot of misadventures with magnets. They're not my thing. Yeah. But if they're your thing, good on you, because it's going to be fun to say. Mm. <laughs> no, today I'm running my warriors like this. Today I'm running them like that. I actually, I have I have like six that are sat in a box somewhere with lash whips, bone swords, and scything talons, which up until now have been a completely useless way to run them. Like, you just wouldn't do it like that. Whereas now, I can say, well, actually, there's a benefit to doing them like that because it just gives them two extra attacks on top of what they're already doing as a pure melee build. It's, I don't think it's necessarily the best, but it's certainly viable. Um, might even get those might even get those ones finally painted. Um, so let me move on. Because, um, Christ, we've been talking for nearly an hour already and we haven't even got to the second part of the list. Mm. So <laughs> move, moving swiftly on then, I think uh, my pick for my final one... Um, and again, there's tons and tons of stuff that I can't wait, but it has to be the parasite of more tricks. Um, I'm just so excited to try it. Um, my first game was supposed to be on Saturday, uh, but obviously the COVID got in the way of that, and that was going to be against Custodes, who oh. uh, I think I think um, the current Tyranid build it could wipe the floor with Custodes. But um, the Parasite specifically, like, that's not his area of strength. Um, you know, super small, super elite armies. Uh, but I will be playing a game later on next week, uh, clear COVID tests permitting, against Guard. Um, okay. And I cannot wait. <laughs> I, have, I, I sent you a picture earlier, Mark, because I'm mm. furiously trying to get my Parasite painted. Uh, because I cannot wait to just plunk him in front of a unit of guards, infest them with parasites, and move on. Um, so I'm. It's it's basically he's just got such a fun set of rules. Like there's there's a lot going on with them. They might not be the most super competitive, but they're very characterful. They're very fun. Um, it's a new model, which is just not something we've had for like eight years. Um, and I, I actually got a lot of uh, flack for this on the Tyranid subreddit where I spend a lot of my time. Uh, I posted a picture on the pre-order day and I was like, it's only £24. That's pretty good news. And quite a lot of people were like, ah, uh, it's a really small model. Are you an idiot? Why would you be excited about that? But I was so worried that every time a new model comes out, it's more expensive than a similarly sized model previously would have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, the flayed ones for Necrons being yeah. thirty-two fifty for five of them, um, and then being insanely small. It's mm. it's stuff like that. So I was kind of looking at this, thinking, I mean, it's it's about zoanthrope sized. Um, it takes up a slightly bigger footprint because of its wings, but it's about that kind of that's the sort of area you're looking at. And um, oh, honestly, I was like, oh, it's going to be like thirty quid, maybe more maybe 35 you know 
single single infantry models cost about 24 quid now so i was kind of expecting i was kind of expecting it to be a bit overpriced um and it's not and i'm yeah i'm very excited basically i'm very excited to be running it yeah i mean it, any model that one of its rules is called it itches it's <laughs> <laughs> cool um and just just to clarify that that um when a unit is infected with parasites it loses objective secured ability so um we've already talked about the parasite of mortrex and its rules before but um i think the the model's pretty cool i i will be um also purchasing that like i said there's a few models now i want to to get for my tyranids um I, I said before I, I've started collecting uh, some Gene Stealer Colts just around mm-hmm. Christmas time. Um, I, I've dipped my toe back into the Eldari, but Tyranids are still my main army, so those two projects are going to go to one side, and I'm just going to tweak a little bit of my Tyranids, which is going to be really cool. <laughs> uh, okay, so I started with the the the, the really good things. Um, why don't you start with? Um, the things that um, just weren't didn't quite hit it for you or what you're not excited about depending on how you've written this down yeah so as as I say I think none of none of what I'm about to say are bad things um, oh, okay. I think they're all usable <laughs> um, in fact uh, at the at the end of this episode we're going to discuss our sort of first 2k point list that we built with the codex and one of these is in that list (laughs) so you know it's the worst of a very very good list of things it's just so they're they're just things that maybe i'm less excited about so to start us off i'm going to talk about the moloch so the moloch's great it's his rule is cool it's got 17 i think attacks 16 or 17 it's got some insanely high amount it's very much there for crowd control uh it's there to take out horde units um it's there for board control i think just when i'm looking at it and i think i said this before it's terror from the deep ability um i just find it a little bit underwhelming because I mean, if I want to scare people with mortal wounds, I'll throw a Maliceptor down. <laughs> um, so I don't think the Moloch in that respect is going to cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he creates this area of, I think, 12 inches. And oh, it's, I can't remember. It's some insanely complicated rule. But yeah, basically, it's, it's many paragraphs. <laughs> <clears throat> within a small area, if there's something there and it stays there next turn it's going to take some mortal wounds not too many um but some so i don't think it's going to be enough to make people go oh crap i've got to get out of here um yeah i think it's enough to kind of annoy someone that's on a home objective that i'm going to basically nick with it yeah and it's cool that it can come up within nine inches of things and not charge them or come outside of nine inches and choose to charge so i like that aspect of it um and the price is right i think it's about 125 points i just i just don't get excited by it i just don't look at it and go like oh my god this is going to be amazing i can't wait to see the look on my opponent's face when he gets mildly annoyed by the three mortal wounds that he's going to get from it popping up 
Yeah, I mean it's 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 a unit that will frustrate your opponent depending on what other models you have in your list. Um, it, it's got a, I mean it's got giant jaws, dis 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 Distendable. jaws, where if when you're selected to fight um, anything in engagement range, you roll a d6 on a two to five, the enemy unit suffers d3 mortal wounds on a six. It's just a flat three mortal wounds. Um, so that's before you're attacking that, which which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, Morlocks when they when that model came out, the Morlock Trigon Trigon Primary model, I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, Tyranids are going in the right direction. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it is it doesn't it's I I agree it's kind of mid ish in that kind of teary what what other just compared to what what else this codex can do the monsters elsewhere in the codex can do something maybe slightly a little bit more um so it's again if you want to bring one you you'll have fun um but there are other things if you want to be super competitive to bring yeah what's your first pick <laughs> so I really like more locks, um, and I'm going to pick something that you really want. Like. Um, I'm going to put <laughs> Gene Steelers. Really interesting. So, as far as I've remembered, Gene Steelers have been troops, and this is the this is the only reason. Uh, the main reason is it's gone into the elite section, so yeah, it's going to annoy a lot of people that have a lot of Gene Steelers. Um, basically. That's that's the big one. I I don't have a lot of gene stealers, so it doesn't really affect me. Um, models in the unit um, have a five up invulnerable save, um, but they have a four up invulnerable save against melee attacks. I'm pretty sure the gene stealer cult ones just have a flat four up invulnerable save. So um, obviously the gene stealer cult ones, that's in the name. <laughs> Gene Steelers should be good in that one. Um, yeah, I think I think this is their attempt to right a wrong because mm. I think in eighth, Tyranid Gene Steelers were just better in every way. Yes. Than the Gene Steeler cult yes, yes, counterpart, yes. Um, they were cheaper and I think they were better. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think because they're pure strain, I think the ones in the the cults. I mean, I presume they're troops in Gene Steeler cult as well. No. Are they not? No. Okay. Well, then I take that back. But um, I think they are slightly better in in GSC. Yes, slightly, slightly beefier and and stuff. And uh, yeah, this is this is the thing. Like all the things I'm gonna say. And again, I I don't think there's a lot of bad things in this book. I'm just yeah. the reasoning that I'm gonna put them down is they've moved from troops, which are gonna annoy people. They've moved from troops as well. So that means what people would have used, you can have to think about doing something different. Um, which may mean, because they're in the elite section, which you can have a lot of elites in a battalion, are you going to pick them anymore? I'm not sure. Um, it will have to see um, how people create their lists. But I think they've hit a bit of a a bump in the road just because I would prefer to do different things in my elites than Gene Steelers and that's the only reason um, I love Gene Steelers, I love their lore I love how they look on the, the, the field 
the, the, the table and I love how to still to this day no matter what rules you would have for the Dream Stealer people look at them and think ah that's a scary unit. Yeah, kill them, kill them now. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out a couple of counterpoints there, but I, I see what you're saying. Um, I mean, for me, I think I like that. Uh, I like this new thing about infestation nodes where you can use them to regenerate gene stealers, mm-hmm. um, which I think is powerful. I like that you can give them the four-up armor save now without losing anything. Um, so I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that they can infiltrate again, so you could just put them just outside of nine inches, mm-hmm. um, and in some terrain maybe. Uh, so I still there's still a lot I like about them. For me personally, I kind of, and I, maybe this is what they wanted me to do, but I've kind of looked at it like so. I've got, I've got some insane amount of gene stealers. I've got more than I could ever have possibly fielded before they stopped being troops. So. You know, and I've got like six brood lords as well. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, I've got more than I need. Is the point? But I'm looking at. I have tons of the classic gene stealer model, the sort that you used to get in Space Hulk. Oh, they're um, the ones I need to get. So I've got. I mean, I've got more of them than I know what to do with. So my thinking is, all the new style models are going to be Tyranid gene stealers painted in the Leviathan color scheme, mm. and. I might just use my old ones and say, okay, they're pure strain, and I'll at some point pick up some. I'll pick up a couple of HQs and some elites, and I'll I'll have like a little gene stealer cult army on the side. Mm. Um, and those ones I'll paint that kind of black and purple sort of color that they paint those, uh, because I feel like the classic models kind of lend themselves more to that anyway. Um, but okay, fair point. I I. I think it's the first time that I feel we'll respectfully disagree with each other slightly. And that's fine. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. But again, you know, we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the worst of a very good codex. So it, it kind of emphasizes the point that gene stealers are even being mentioned. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to come up to the Biovore now. Um, they're just not sexy and exciting to me at the moment. Um, and And again, that's why I would put them forward on this list. I like something that they've done, which is basically before, if you shot with them and missed, they dropped spore mines. And if you dropped with them and hit, they did a couple of mortal wounds, and that was about it. Now, you can either choose to shoot with them, in which case, if you hit, you make mortals, uh, or you can choose to perform an action that will put spore mines wherever you want them within range, which I think is a lot better, because I don't want to be trying to miss to generate spore mines um the reason again that that doesn't excite me too much is spore mines aren't quite as preventative as they were um given that you can now literally walk through them you have to put up the fact that they'll explode but a lot of armies might just be like yeah screw it it'll explode i don't mind (laughs) um so you can't hem people in the way that you used to with spore mines um and honestly, I've just I've always had it in my head that Biovores could just be a lot cooler than they currently are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for that reason, um, I'm just kind of like, yeah, they're okay. They're cool. If I was doing a Mortal Wound spam list with uh, Zoanthropes and Maliceptors and everything else, I might just chuck them in there for fun because it's another few mortals. But mm. um, yeah, you know, they're not... They just they just don't get me that excited, and the models are crap. So, 
Yeah, and uh, just to give one and a half points, and I'll, I'll explain why I say one and a half. Um, they're not sexy enough for you. Do you know who did get sexy? Pyrovores. Oh, they are so good. Finally, points. I can say that and not be and, ironic. I mean, I saw a batter, well, half a batter report online where someone did three pyrovores in a tyrannocyte and they came down turn two and you've got 3d6, because there's three of them, strength six, AP minus two, two, two damage, automatically hitting, by the way. So um, any infantry squad at the back field or that you want to be destroyed will be destroyed by these 30 point each models um they can move up the field and again in a in a chronos army they gain range yeah um biovores aren't sexy anymore and a rule that got nerfed a little bit in the new balance sheet has also made Biovore's not so good, and oh yeah, true. Indirect that's, fire has that's going to lean into my it. second choice, which is Hiveguard. Yeah, Hiveguard, Hiveguard were on and off my list. <laughs> they, Hiveguard were just, they were just too good, and now they had impaler cannons, so you could shoot and not need line of sight and anything like that. Now with the new indirect firing not only do you have a minus one to your ballistic skill your opponent has a plus one to their save now i understand that that is a good thing for some armies but it nerfed the entire 40k range with any army that have indirect fire like i think they predominantly were like oh tau smart missile launchers are just really really good impaler cannons are just really really good and then you've got these little eldar support weapons like hello i'm not so good i was just having a little shot here and there <laughs> or um imperial guard maybe are going to be just amazing when they come out because they seem to be getting a lot of love and i hear a lot of good things about when their new codex comes out well, so i mean imperial guard auto wound on sixes right now which is pretty insane <laughs> yeah and I'm loving. I used to have an Imperial Guard army, and I I loved it. I I loved the painting them. I loved fielding them. It was it was just fun having tanks and just normal men, no like incredible things. Um, it was super fun. But yeah, Hive Guard for me, they took a hit, which they needed to, and then with this indirect fire, it's I don't think I'm ever going to use them again for quite a while um so they I don't think, have a place uh, yeah I, I i think um it brings to mind the simpsons when uh <laughs> i can't remember what it is homer's doing something with crusty burglar uh, crusty burger and he sees the hamburglar and he he starts he starts savaging him and these kids are all watching and they're crying and they're like stop <laughs> He's already dead. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's how I felt about the Hive Guard because I I defended them in our last episode mm. for the changes. But and don't look, don't get me wrong, they were a crutch. They needed they needed a hit with a nerf bat. But this they have taken a battering because yeah, it's the range and the indirect fire and the everything else. I mean, the range was the biggest thing for me. 
like i could get around all the other stuff they'd done to the impaler cannon but the range made it much more difficult to use them it made made me think well i'm gonna have to get out and shift them about then aren't i um and i mean you know what fair play the games workshop is first and foremost a business businesses have to make profit and Mm. you got to almost admire looking at them and thinking how many boxes of hive guard did i buy at least four or five at about 40 quid a shot and now the only way to consider running hive guard is to run them with the shot cannons so if you haven't magnetized them you're going to maybe go buy another couple of boxes of that and if you didn't already have three to, three to six tyrant guards you're now going to go buy that same box again to get the tyrant guard unless again you're a magnetizing wizard and so <laughs> so very quickly i'm like okay you've got me there well done um yeah it's a it's a shame i've literally i'm looking at my hobby desk at the moment and i always have a few projects on the go and i have this hive guard that i've just stopped painting <laughs> <laughs> and it's just because i'm not i'm not ex- yeah i i agree i'm not excited about running them i think they've got a place i think it's a lot more like their old place of you can pop a couple of rhinos with them um their points i think the points are gonna have to come down um because no one's going to be running them for like 50 or 60 points with impaler cannons um that's just insane so i i have to wholeheartedly agree with your pick um and it's it's a shame but i think they're still going to see some use for me but probably not with impaler cannons i'll probably only run them with shot cannons yeah yeah so for me i'm sorry no not for me yeah um okay well let's let's get on to my next pick then um so my last pick is the hive crone um okay now i feel like the hive crone actually i mean it has improved um what they've done with both that and the harpy has been like okay they're aircraft now that makes so much more sense than it did before um it's kind of more how they were originally intended to come in so yeah cool you know, you run your hive crone round the board, throwing out some shots, doing whatever. I think the problem is it pales in comparison to what the harpy can do in terms of damage. Um, it's it's always kind of been this very niche model because it's like the anti-flyer flyer. But it's not that good at taking flyers down either, really. Like it hasn't, <laughs> it hasn't got many specialties that make me think... You know, so as a Necron player, my, you know, my equivalent flyer is the Doom Scythe. I wouldn't be looking at the Hive Crone and thinking, oh shit, the, now that's on the board, my Doom Scythe's done for. Because everything else will take care of the Doom Scythe. Like, it's not. Being a flyer isn't what it used to be. It used to be that you could only hit them on sixes and they would spend the whole game frustrating you by flying around up above you and being unkillable, basically. Um,. You know, those days are kind of gone, I think probably for the best. Um, so it still kind of puts the Hive Crone in this difficult niche. It's not bad, certainly not bad at all. Again, price-wise, it's all right um, in terms of points. Uh, and the model's great, for sure. Um, but yeah, I just, I see it as, as difficult to, you know, difficult to get excited about compared to a couple of its other equivalents like the Harpy or even a the flying hive tyrant 
yeah, yeah, harpies are a lot of the top lists that I'm seeing. They've got the harpies, um, and flying high turrets are still awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. I like those bad boys. <laughs> um, okay, so my third one is Ripper Swarms. Okay, yeah, I can see that. So, the only reason that I'm going to ever use my Ripper Swarms is when I play the Parasite of Mortrix. <laughs> um, there's no other reason. They, again, got moved from the troop section to the fast attack, which, again... <laughs> I mean, if I just list for you the other fast tat options, Parasite of Mortrex, Morlocks, Trigons, Raveners, Demacarians as well. Um, these are things I would prefer to take before uh, before I choose a Ripper Swarm. And if I did try to do a Ripper Swarm, um, they're 45 points for free Rippers and they're rubbish <laughs> they are just appalling and there's no point to them again why pay the points for them when the parasite of mortrex can bring them can bring some on for free um so yeah that'll be the only reason i will take rippers ever again um and it that is right they've been gone from they've, they've gone from the troop section yeah and other things do things better than them yeah, I think I think once upon a time, people used to use rippers. So back when, back when forty k was about taking as many elites and heavy supports as you could, and paying what people used to call the troops tax, which is basically to bring minimal troops. Um, rippers kind of had a place then. Mm -hmm. um, some people have used them as sort of backfield objective holders, uh, because they're kind of obnoxious to get rid of. They're not terrible because they're only toughness three and they've got a crap armor save but at four wounds each you can quickly put a lot of wounds on an objective but the fact that they don't have obsec uh, do they have core i don't think they do no they don't um yeah i agree i think um i was looking the other day because i was thinking i've never actually painted a ripper before and i was thinking i might well have to paint a few to go with my parasite in fact i was thinking about chucking one on the base just for a little bit of uh you know but actually, they're kind of old-looking models, Rippers, now. I don't, mm. I don't know that it would have the effect that I wanted it to, so I'm not sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't... I mean, I think they used to be quite versatile back in the day. I think they've kind of lost a bit of their... lost a bit of their luster, a little bit of their charm. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't dislike them. Um, but I, I respect the pick as a... Uh, as a thing that I wouldn't be overly excited to field. So um, as we're drawing to a close, uh, I know we've gone on a bit, but um, before we finish up, I think what we wanted to do was each share our first army list that we've written. It won't be the best, most likely, um, but our first and just a little bit about, you know, what we've picked and why. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if it's all right with you, I'm going to get started. Yeah. Um, so this is... Uh, again uh going to be tuesday's army list if if i get a negative covid test uh, by then um so <sighs> hive tendril wise 
I've gone for Leviathan. No surprises there. Um, I've uh, opted to change the biomorphology. Um, I forget the names, but basically it's one that I think adds one to my charges and adds one to advance, I think. It basically, it kind of gives everyone adrenal glands. It basically does that. Uh, I think it's one of the hunt biomorphologies, mm. but I forget. Um, okay, so um, just to run through it quickly, I've got Hive Tyrant um, with the Warlord trait of Direct Guidance, um, which I forget what it does, but it's something good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I've given him Catalyst and Onslaught as his psychopowers. And I've given him the relic that basically gives his bone swords, um, uh, ignores invulnerable saves. So I'm running him as a pure close combat hive tyrant with two scything talons and uh, lash whip and bone sword. Uh, I've got a neurothrope with catalyst and psychic scream. Uh, troops wise, I've brought some gargoyles. <laughs> Uh, which is such a it's still a weird thing to say, um, but I kind of love them being in troops now. So I'm taking twenty gargoyles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also taking two lots of twenty hormigons, so forty gaunts, uh, and five tyranid warriors in one unit. Uh, I am controversially perhaps bringing gene stealers. <laughs> uh, ten thereof, uh, a lictor. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, a lictor. Um, which I'm having a bit of a heart attack now. I look and see it's seventy points, <laughs> so they have doubled. But they are they are good, and I'll I'll, I'll explain a little bit about why. Um, the Maliceptor I couldn't resist. Um, three Tyrant Guard, four Zoanthropes. Uh, so the elite section is quite stacked. Fast attack. Uh, I've brought the Parasite of Mortrex, and I've given him a Gestation Sack. So basically, I can choose to just throw out some Rippers whenever I feel like it. Um, Heavy support is the Exocrine, and uh, I've brought the Hive Crone as a flyer. So um, let me talk just briefly about a few of these picks and why I've picked them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think more generally what I want to say is this is what I do. When there's a new codex, I get excited, and I take a little bit of everything. So I think our more competitive-minded listeners might be thinking, that's not a very focused list. Like (laughs) It's kind of hard to see why that but also this and maybe there's a few synergies that aren't being taken full advantage of um and it's true and it's because i want to try a smorgasbord of different things that i'm excited about and some of them will work and i'll love it and some of them might actually turn out to kind of suck and maybe i won't love it so much uh i will say the guy i'm playing against i've literally never beaten never ever ever (laughs) so part of me part of me really wants this to be like the one um but yeah so some of the stuff i brought i brought the lictor because i think they're super cool now uh we haven't really spoken about them today but they are they can do what they're supposed (laughs) to do which is kill characters um so i kind of like the idea of using them for just that and basically trying to trying my best to outmaneuver my opponent and ambush them with a Lictor, which is exactly what they're supposed to be for. So <laughs> that's that's that 70 points explained. Um, <laughs> n- no need to explain the Maliceptor. They're awesome. Um, I, you know, I, I can't get enough of them. 
and I think the gargoyles are going to act like a basically a bodyguard unit for the parasites. They're kind mm-hmm. of a delivery for him. Um, they're also going to protect him by using blinding venom, uh, which basically means my opponent isn't going to be able to re-roll uh, stuff in melee. Um, Hormagons. Uh, so the idea with them is fairly obvious. I run them as fast as I possibly can up the board. I'm going to use the bounding leap stratagem. Um, my aim is to try and get two units of Hormagons in close combat turn one. Uh, so basically one of them is just going to move up the boards, use Bounding Leap, and try and assault uh, or charge. And the other one I'm going to use Onslaught on and hope that I get a decent roll for uh, my advance. Um, and I haven't given them Adrenal Glands because I've taken this Biomorphology. Obviously if I had then they would need much less to make their charge on the other end. But they already move pretty fast, so I'm kind of okay. I'm kind of okay with them being where they're at. Um, so yeah, that's basically the list. Obviously, zoanthropes are great. We've discussed them. Exocrine is just to destroy stuff. And hive crone, if I'm honest, is because it's fully painted, and I've never taken it. And I think he's as it's as useful now as it has been at any point so i'm taking it and Mm -hmm. we'll see how it goes okay um it is really tricky when creating a tiered list now because i i for me i like all the high fleets and um i'm going to be trying each one of them out um so again behemoth reroll charges Kronos, you add range and minuses to shooting. But the list I've done today, um, inspired by your favourite one, is uh, going to be Leviathan as well. So, um, Leviathan getting transhuman on your synapse creatures, and then um, having. Bear with me, I've got it in front of me. Um, is each time a unit which is selected to shoot or fight. You can re-roll one hit roll. Now that is massive. You're unlocking more hits, more more attacks, obviously, going through. Um, that's just fantastic. There's a similar rule in the new Eldar Codex, and it's, it's just fantastic. So a really strong high fleet. Um, I've gone for a battalion. My HQs, um, of which there are two, um, I've got a winged hive tyrant. Um, so my Hive Tyrant is winged and going up the board very, very quickly. I've given him a Relic Bio-Artifact of the Shard Gullet, and he was given a Heavy Venom Cannon. Now the Shard Gullet um, basically replaces a Heavy Venom Cannon, and then um, it is a 3-shot, Strength 12, minus 5 AP, 5 damage. And if I'm not wounded, I have a 2-up to my hits. So pretty securely from the start of, well, from turn 1 and 2, really, if he's not going to die, I'm going to be doing shots at your heavy, well, vehicles, anything like that. Um, He has a 4-up invulnerable, toughness 7, 12 wounds, 3-up armor save, and again does what a winged hive tyrant can do, move fast. I've also given him the warlord trait, 
which um, is the one that come on don't fail me now about scribe um, <laughs> adaptive biology um, it's where if it would lose a wound you roll a d6 and on a 5 up the wound is not lost just, I like that. just because it's a it doesn't have that two up armor save that the walking one does um, it just gives a layer of protection it's got a feel no pain basically um, I want it to be alive for as long as possible um, backing him up is a Tyranid Prime um, little boy he is um, going to be near the warriors and stuff like that he's very good for because of select one friendly core unit um, and then that they re-roll a wound roll of a one so it's like a lieutenant um, I've got lash whip on him He's got a synapse creature again, so um, being able to help synergies and stuff like that. Into my troop section, um, I've gone for things I used to run, um, but also adding some stuff in, like yourself, gargoyles. Um, I love gargoyles. I've always loved gargoyles. I've got 20 of them. When you've got an 18-inch gun with Assault 1, Strength 5, minus 1 AP... Um, you can't go wrong with that. So, um, 20 Gargoyles, again, if I was going for more of a Kronosy army, that becomes AP, I believe, minus 2. Um, again, so Gaunts are pretty... Well, anything shooting in a Kronos army is really, really good. And I used to love Kronos, but that's fine. I can deal... that. They've had a buff with their shooting, that's fine. I've then got 20 Hormagons. Again, um, they are just going to run really fast at a infantry target. And I will talk about kind of my tactics in a second. Um, 20 Termagants with Flesh Borers. And then three Warriors. One with Venom Cannon. They've all got uh, Lash Whips and stuff. And then two of them have Death Spitters. So, using the tactics I said earlier in the episode. I've got two Elites which is a Malacept and three zone fruits. Um, they're going to be, again, dominating the psychic phase, really. Um, my fast attack is a Morlock. <laughs> <laughs> my heavy support is an Exocrine, um, a Tyrannifex with Fleshborer Hive. Oh, um, so that is good. the heavy 30, strength 5, minus 1, uh, one damage again if I'd gone Kronos that'd be minus two but it's fine that is going to walk up the field basically and if there's any infantry that's its target if not it's going to help chip away at a vehicle to destroy it basically that's a lot of firepower coming out and then also I'm going to have three Screamer Killer Carnifexes um, again similar to the Tyranifex that's going to be moving forward towards a target shooting and then nom nomming um i always like to have in my armies things to make my opponent think so back back in the previous editions where a lot of armies were sit back and shoot i would always try and do as much as i could to cause distraction um I, wherever that would be, my old Grey Knights, uh, deep striking back when you had the the dice where it was the direct hit dice and the scattering. 
Um, there was one game I played where I just lost four units because they just hit terrain and died. But I wanted to, to have distractions. So <laughs> if they'd have come in, my opponent would have been like, what am I going to do? <laughs> so the tactics. The Tyranid Prime is going to be close to the Warriors um, or keeping up with um, one of the other core units, um, giving them the reroll ones to wound. The Winkhive Tyrant is possibly going to have some fun on his own. He's going to be able to be targeted, but he's got a 5-up feel no pain, a 4-up invulnerable. I'm hoping that will be enough to help him survive. If I'm worried, I can play the stratagem where he just flies off the board and then comes back mm -hmm. down in another turn. Gargoyles and Termagaunts are going to move up the field. If there's no infantry, they're going to claim objectives um, and then just shoot at things ready for the other stuff to come in. Um, the Malaceptor and Zone of Reps are going to move really fast up the board um, as much uh, movement and advancing as I can and just smiting. They're going to just be Psychic Assault. Morlock is going to make my opponent think. So I've got two strong elite units coming up with smiting and then I've got a Morlock coming from below. So now you're thinking, right, what do I want to nullify? I've got these units coming at me. I'm losing the psychic phase. Okay, but if I focus on them, next turn I've got a Morlock coming up. And then there's a Winged Hive Tyrant coming at me really quickly. Oh, okay, maybe maybe I go against the Exocrine, the three Khan effects and Tyrant effects. But it, it's, it's kind of going to make you think, what do I do? Which, if you're an Imperial Commander and you're being overrun by Tyranids, that's kind of what I want to be. Now, it's not the swarmiest of lists. It's not the most monstery of lists. Um, obviously, there are a lot of monsters in it. Um, but I'm going to hopefully make my opponent think, but still have some units where, if I'm playing a game where it says, take all of the objectives in No Man's Land, I've still got some units that can take those objectives and still do some shooting, and yeah. not just go full, oh, I'm going to be combat, because... Yeah, I could wipe a lot of my opponent's army out, but if they've claimed all these objective points, then I'm going to lose the game. I may have had fun, but I'm going to lose the game. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, so that that's the list, and that's a list that I can build right now. I have all of those models, so that's something exciting. That's coming at uh, 1975, so I've still got 25 points to play with. Um, whether Which I want would be to perfect for an adaptive physiology actually exactly so there's that so um I'm going to be trying out Leviathan because it's a quite a safe bet for me and then I'm going to build a Kronos list and a BMF list and then have some fun seeing how those two do um and again similarly move up the field shoot or move up the field and assault but it is very exciting and it's been very tricky what would have normally taken me X amount of time to build a list, I probably doubled that time because I didn't know what to put in the list because I liked everything. <laughs> That's the thing. I think, um, you know, my thinking is I'll probably try a Kronos list at some point. When I do, that's maybe going to be like two Terravagons and a whole bunch of Gaunts. Um, yeah. You know, again, entirely different to what I've run this time. Uh, but, you know also awesome and yeah you know if i was going 
Behemoth. I think I probably want some Carnifexes in there. Um, maybe a Harispex, uh, which is one model I don't currently have. And every time I go to Me buy either. it, it's sold out. Um, <laughs> and I think I think they're they're pretty cool at the moment. I quite like their uh, their sort of combat output. Um, yeah, it's an exciting time. Um, but you know, here we are, an hour and a half not after we started. Um, so I think we should uh, end the show here. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I think next time we'll probably give a rundown of, I think probably a deep dive into the stratagems would be a good idea. So, um, yes. Yeah. Let's have a look so, at the stratagems. And I would love to hear about how your game went as well. A little recap of your I'll, game. I'll tell you now uh, that I'll lose. Because <laughs> I cannot. I'm, I'm going against Imperial Guard. I think he's even going to drop he used to bring armager of warglaives and stuff but i think because he wants the um auto wounding sixes against my monsters i think he's even going to drop that i think he's going to play pure guard which in no world should be able to beat me and he'll find a way i don't know how he'll do it i don't know what's going to happen um that might be filmed um we're talking about mm -hmm. filming it so watch this space but uh yeah i'll definitely give a rundown in the next um uh in our next podcast probably about lessons learned <laughs> mistakes i made <laughs> the things i did do the things i forgot to do i'm definitely going to forget some of the rules um moving forward so so uh there's there will be a lot of that um but yeah so if you want to follow us um our twitter is um actually people have been engaging with us on there which i really love so thank you thank you for everyone that's dm'd me uh, and said you're enjoying the show uh, i hope you guys continue to enjoy it uh and uh if you have any questions send them to us there send them to us uh so that's at talking tyranids on twitter uh or the you can send them to our gmail which is talking tyranids at gmail.com uh becoming a bit of a running joke at this point but i still haven't done an instagram i don't know what's stopping me <laughs> i should just do it maybe i'll do it tonight um <laughs> i've been painting the parasite of more treks so i could post my work in progress up there and you guys can see that um but yeah, thank you very much for listening, bearing with us on this uh, bumper-sized First Impressions episode. And we'll both see you next time. Goodbye.